Happy Monday and welcome to Reading the Bible is Easy-ish. Wherever you found us, do us a favor and like the show, subscribe, and share it as far and as wide as you can. We really appreciate it. I am Hogan Brock. He is Harrison Litzel. Before we get into the Bible a little bit, let's get into, uh, I don't know, whatever else is going on. What's <laughs> up, Harrison? <laughs> you know, just uh, hanging out VBS was this past week, and so done with that, which is uh, good. It's nice to, to just have that off my plate. Um, and now um, we are on um, pretty serious baby watch here. Um, mm. Pretty much any day now, um, we are going to have our second child. Um, and so it's this kind of weird, fun game of hopefully it's soon because my wife is pretty miserably uncomfortable um, <laughs> being very pregnant in July. Um, but also having a newborn is a lot of work. And so trying to sleep as much as we can uh, before that happens. So yeah, yeah. Fun, fun stuff. Um, how about how about you? How's how's Toronto? Toronto's fine. Uh, we are. We talked to to uh, some people today, and um, a couple of people actually. And they asked how much of Toronto we'd explored, uh, and we said really like half a mile or uh, 0.8 kilometers. I think that's the <laughs> the conversion. Um, it, we've really only explored yeah like the half mile around our apartment because there's just so much we're in the middle of the city uh and we we can't get outside of that but we did go to kensington market today which is like a big um i don't know kind of a famous area of toronto and chinatown it's awesome cool stuff there so yeah getting used to a little bit getting used to riding public transportation again right like that's just a different kind of rhythm so yeah it's been good i you so i know you work at a church but you don't work like in children's ministry specifically so what's your What's your kind of involvement with VBS? Like, I'm curious about that vacation Bible school. Yeah, yeah. So I work at a church. That's right. I work with the preschool. Um, and so I work like uh, during the week for the preschool that we have there at the church. I used to work in the children's ministry. Um, and since I left the children's ministry and went into this new role, I have uh, worked on a contract basis um, for VBS. And so what I do for our church is I take uh, a curriculum that is published by someone that we find. Um, and then I adapt it to our needs. And so this year that meant that I took this curriculum and I used the Bible stories that they use and some of the kind of the main themes, but I wrote videos and, um, wrote Bible studies and wrote small group lessons and all that kind of stuff and kind of, uh, made it work for our ministry. And so this year, um, we recorded a lot of videos beforehand. I did the the Bible story stuff. I was Mr. Harry. Um, usually people don't call me Harry, um, but that was the, kind of the character, and it was kind of a Mr. Rogers character. Mr. Rogers meets YouTube a little bit is kind of how I did it. Um, and so I filmed all those, and then the week of, I helped out with some AV stuff, but really stayed behind the scenes, um, which is a nice way to do VBS, um, to do some of that prep work and writing and things like that, but not the chaos that is the week of, because it can be it can be a lot. So. Yeah, cool. I have seen some of your curriculum, and uh, I don't know if you're open for business or not, but if folks want curriculum written, contact Harrison. Um, we've got a couple of uh, big weeks coming up for the show. Uh, so our website is going to launch this Wednesday, uh, so you can be uh, following Harrison or I on uh, different social media platforms for the, uh, the launch of that. That'll be the place where you can find uh, the podcast feed. Um, if you're not getting it on a podcast player, if you just want to watch it or listen to it on your computer, um, you can also find a little more about Harrison and I there and a little biographical information, as well as uh, things that Harrison or I are writing. 
so there'll be a blog section. Harrison has uh, written some things that have been published in the past. We'll try and link those, um, but we'll try to get some content up there, uh, written uh, content as well. Uh, as well, uh, we also have, hopefully today, Monday, um, our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook uh, pages will all be up. Uh, you should be able to find any of those by searching Reading the Bible is Easy-ish. Um, so check those out, uh, like those, follow. Um, you can get a little extra content there as well. And then uh, want to announce ahead of time, I don't think I've ever announced a guest like a week in advance, but we have Grayson Hester coming on. Grayson was a college classmate of Harrison and I uh, and went to seminary with Harrison at McAfee. Uh, and Grayson is, I checked... The, the follower count of everyone who's been on our show. He is by far the most famous person uh, <laughs> that's come on the podcast. So we're looking forward to him. Uh, so uh, please check that out next week. So with that said, let's go ahead and dive into our scripture for the week. Um, as we do each week, we'll dive in with no preparation. And we'll spend about five minutes talking about it, seeing what we can uh, get into. Our scripture this week is Psalm 78. Uh, 23 to 29, and I'm going to read from the New Revised Standard Version this week. So Psalm 78, 23 to 29. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Mortals ate the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he led out the south wind. He rained flesh upon them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. He let them fall within their camp and all around their dwellings. And they ate and were filled, for he gave them what they craved. So Harrison, did you hear that psalm? What are some initial thoughts? What did you hear? Yeah, so the, the first thing that I thought of was... Um... When I spoke with Marquette Bug a couple weeks ago, we had a psalm from the lectionary where it kind of cut in here in the middle. Um, and that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't, honestly, I don't know who chooses the lectionary. Like, I don't know who's in charge of this. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm showing my ignorance here. I'm just now realizing I know so little about the lectionary. But it's so interesting to me that for the second time here, we have the psalm, this poem, where the lectionary is like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about the whole thing. You only need this small part. Um, and that's just so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I was in a Bible study um, back in Richmond before we moved to Toronto that um, we followed the lectionary every week and uh, often talked about, like, if we read what was around the, the lectionary passages, uh, we were surprised by, like, oh, like, that's actually the hard stuff. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so I do think uh, the lectionary can, can cut out some of the more challenging passages at times. Um, I, I just uh, for context here, I just went back to, to verse 21. So just a couple of verses back and the two preceding uh, verses are therefore when the Lord heard he was full of rage, a fire was kindled against Jacob, his anger mounted against Israel because they had no faith in God and he didn't and did not trust his saving power. So, right, like that's such important context for this yeah. passage. Yeah, I, I just now realized that the first word of verse 23, where you started that first time is yet like. Yeah. This word that is known for being not the beginning of a thought, but the like turning point in a thought. Um, and yeah, that, that is so interesting of just, it, I feel like in a lot of ways, the lectionary is emblematic of the way we treat scripture, right? If we pick this part and this part and, and, and part of it, I think that sometimes we kind of levy that as a, 
as a critique, and I think it is inevitable in some ways, like you're never going to get the full context because the context of scripture, especially, is just, it, it contains so much. It contains the culture of the people who wrote it, the culture of the people who have interpreted it throughout the years, the culture of us sitting here, like we're always going to miss out on stuff. But I do feel like in a lot of ways, specifically when we're looking at the lectionary of these Psalms, it is, it is emblematic of this way in which we read scripture, where we start with a with a with a yet and 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 don't even consider what came before that um and and here it is the, the wrath of god um and that's that's what just came before while we're talking about the manna falling from heaven yeah yeah and i just i have to add the context at the end too because it, it's not so just reading those first two and adding it on i was like okay like this is this is a redemption arc <laughs> or it's an arc of grace um but then we get in verse 30, but before they had satisfied their craving while the food was still in their mouth, the anger of God rose against them and he killed the strongest of them and laid low the flower of Israel. Right? Like, yeah. so it, the, the lectionary passage pulls out this, I, I, I read it and I thought, well, that's incredibly beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it is. I love the, the way that it, in English, at least it's rendered in the NRSV, mortals ate the bread of angels. Like that's, that's such a beautiful sentiment. And I don't think it's lost necessarily with the context, but it does change the way that you see it. Yeah, the author seems so much more angry with that line, right? With that other context of like, mortals ate the bread of angels. Like, can you believe what they were given? And yet this is this is what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the, another thing that we're showing here is how little preparation we do. Like, I know that's the point of the podcast, <laughs> but like, I feel like I shouldn't be this flabbergasted by the topic of the thing that we're, we're sitting here talking about. Um, I, the, the listeners and the viewers don't know this, but we've made a whole $2 doing this. And I feel like we're showing <laughs> that we we don't prepare for it, but it also just brings me us to these places where, yeah, when you first read the scripture, I was like, yeah, those those themes of, of memory and remembering and, and just the sustenance that God provides and and the stories, you know, the, the ways that we keep talking about the Bible and these conversations of how important storytelling is and how important it is to people throughout generations of Christ followers. I feel like so much of that was in 23 and 29 and then in 21, 22 and 30, 31 is just the, the wrath of God and God smiting yeah. the people. And um, that, what was that last line? It was uh, lay low the flower of Israel. Like this is yeah. not, imagery that we we often like to dwell on um even as it you know surrounds the stuff that i would i would love to preach a sermon on on remembering the manna that fell from heaven and, and, and mortals eating the bread of the angels yeah like what beautiful imagery yeah absolutely I, there was a the, the the sermon that i heard uh this past sunday in worship um I felt like it did something very similar. Um, it, I felt like it was cherry picking a little bit, uh, particularly as we kind of ascribe things to God. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I do want to wrestle for just a second with the image of um, Lord or God as described here is full of rage or as uh, in verse 31, he killed the strongest of them. We, we get these very uh, violent images of who God is. Um, and as someone who um, has studied and been around a Mennonite context, that's that's a very pacifist context, um, this is some, like the violent language that we see for God, especially uh, here where it's 
attributing death to God, and, and this happens again in, in Chronicles and in the book of Kings where there's a genocide associated uh, with God or attributed to God or given thanks for to God. Um, these images of God as a violent killer are images that I really struggle with, that I really wrestle with. Um, and I think there are ways that I at times explain them away, right? There are ways that I can say, uh, and I, I think this is true to some extent, It's this is the writer you know, perhaps prescribing something that has happened and, and attributing that to God. Um, but at the same time, this is in uh, this is in text that I call sacred and I call holy. And so how do I wrestle with this image of God as, as violent? So I'm curious, we've had this conversation before off, uh, off mic, but I'm curious how you kind of wrestle with that. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this. I feel like I feel like I grew up in a context in which violence attributed to God was normal and natural and right. Um, And then I went through a time uh, as I was going through late kind of graduating high school and into the time when I met you when I was very much so in a place of of nonviolence and and completely and totally and wholly. Um, And now I feel like I've kind of come back to this to this other place of maybe I don't the violence of God, I don't I don't know. And I don't know the role of violence. But I do feel like there are times that for me as a straight white cisgendered man to look at the people in the world and say, Hey, stop being violent Mm. is, is not helpful and is not right. Um, because I, I have benefited so much from violence in the world for me to now turn to others and say, God says, don't do that. Um, is hypocritical to say the least, um, and, and continuing violence in so many ways. Um, and so I don't know, I feel like this is a place where I do my best to listen um, to what other people are saying, um, specifically people from historically oppressed um, groups, um, because I feel like, um, for, again, for someone who has benefited from the violence that has been attributed to God and to Christianity for so long, um, it's probably a good idea for me to, to listen to what other people have to say. Um, but again, and, and, you know, this all kind of comes down to, you can talk about it in these grand themes of history, but at the, you know, violence does harm to people. And, you know, whenever I think about death and things like that, I just always think of the family member of that person and, and what they thought about what that person was doing with their life. And, and now they, they carry this grief and, and what grief does and how that spirals and grows. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it is not a not a hot take to say I wish violence didn't have to happen, but I wonder if sometimes maybe it is the only option forward. Mm. Yeah, that's that's such important context. You're absolutely right. So I appreciate that framing. I'm also interested, maybe as we kind of wrap up here, in the as we discovered the framing of this this text as it was pulled out uh, in the uh, lectionary. How do you see this? How do you see this sandwich mm. <laughs> of two, the beginning of, uh, therefore, when the Lord heard he was full of rage in the end, he killed the strongest of them and he laid the flower of Israel. He laid low the flower of Israel. But in the middle, we have the psalmist saying, God provided all of this um, above and beyond what was needed and, and gives this, yeah, this mystical kind of magical um, miracle sense in, in mortals ate the bread of angels. There's something extraordinary happening, happening here. And there's a, an interesting um, image of God here, I think, in, in that God is, is full of rage. Uh, and yet, God provides. Um, so I'm curious how you see this, this framing. Yeah, I mean, I think... 
I think it does just allow me to dwell on the complexity of God, right? That I, um, the sandwich of rage and then laying low the flower of Israel along with the, the miracle in the middle, that is something to me that's not human. Mm. Um, that's something that is more complex, um, that is more perhaps enduring um, in certain ways. Um, but I also think that I do kind of come back to the way that this writer, and I, I scrolled, I'm on my phone, I scrolled up to the top and saw um, that it is a Psalm of Asaph, which um, if I'm remembering correctly is our, our professor, Dr. Christine Jones, I believe that that was her, what her dissertation was on. And so I think for the second time here, we're wishing that we had her on this podcast, but um, <laughs> thinking about what his perspective of, you know, what is he remembering and what is he thinking about as he writes this and his perspective on God um, and what is the reality of who God is versus how we as humans perceive the divine. Um, Cause there's always going to be interpretation and context and, and stuff in there as well. Mm. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's really, that's a, that's a beautiful way to look at it. So as we kind of uh, wrap up here, we'll give some initial things that we, we might want to look into if we're going to spend some more time with this passage. First and foremost, for me, I just want to read the rest of the psalm. <laughs> yeah. there, there are 20 verses that come before and like nearly 40 that come after. Uh, mm. So we're getting such a tiny piece of the story and it's not even contextualized in the uh, what was kind of placed around it uh, in the book of psalm the book of Psalms. So that's where I would start. Just reading a little more. Where would you go? Yeah, my first, uh, my first response is I, I don't think I'm coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm gonna move on. Um, it's just but I mean, I, I think that what like what you said, of like, I do think I owe it to just read the rest of it. Like even if whoever's in charge of lectionary, I think maybe that's what I'm gonna do figure out who, who <laughs> writes the lectionary. Um, but even if they decided not to include this whole psalm, um, I think I owe it to the writer um, and to the ages of, of followers who have who have read this um, to, to read the whole thing because I, as I kind of scroll through it quickly it does look like a it's a it's a history right it's a it's, it is an act of remembrance and that's going to involve rage and that's going to involve miracles and to to think about how we remember our stories and how we remember those who came before us and how they interact with God I think that's um, a worthy way to spend some time mm. yeah yeah I think that's awesome so thank you so much, Harrison, for this conversation. I've enjoyed it. Thank you uh, to you who are listening and watching. We appreciate your time spent with us. Uh, again, please like and subscribe wherever you found us and share uh, to as many people as you can. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's encouraging to see those numbers go up each week. So uh, until next week, keep trying to read the Bible. <laughs>